Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bam, bam, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tau I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show. Show, show, show. I'm MKT. And Man United. Unceremoniously humiliated yesterday. Or the day before. Whenever the FA Cup was. It was on Saturday. It was on Saturday. Doesn't matter. You know, again, I don't know when you listen to this podcast. So that's low level presenting again. I think second week in a row where I've dated the podcast. Not very good broadcasting, but you know, it, it, it is what it is at this stage. It is what it is. Man United lost to Man City. Hysterical. At MKT Inspires, um, MKT at the MKTShow.com. If you want to slide in the DMs, if you'd like to ask a question, and I'll answer. Get in there. Slide in the DMs. I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram. I've got a ticker tocker, uh, the MKT show. Um, otherwise, for me, I just I like Instagram. It's the it's the one I use the most. It's my favorite. I like it. I like Reels. I love social media, man. I love it. You know, like I guess it's because I'm not a very sensitive person. Uh, I admire people that are like I'm not going on social media. I'm too sensitive. I can't take the blowback. I I appreciate that. Appreciate that level of self awareness. You know. Um, I'm just yeah. I just I like a bit of the banter. Um, if you want to go to the negative spaces, I guess they are there. But actually, social media is not that bad. You you know. I think it's because people see one bad response, and then they think, oh, okay. That's what people are mostly saying. But actually, 99% of the internet's fine. It's just that the tiny minority can be negative, and it's a lot easier. And people tend to remember that more often, you know? It's like, it's the old adage. If you do something nice for people 99 times, and then the one time you forget or whatever, it's a disaster. You know? Why is that? Why do people remember negative stuff? More than, I, I guess it's probably a an evolutionary adaptation, you know? Like negative stuff, that's dangerous. So it's like, okay, we should always remember that. And I don't know this, because believe it or not, and, and this will be tough for you to believe, I'm not a neuroscientist or an evolutionary biologist. I'm not an evolutionary biologist. I'm, I'm not actually Richard Dawkins, believe it or not. I'm as shocked as you are hearing that. But I would like to know. At MKT Inspires, you know, you might be, you know, I'm two years into a, a biochemistry degree. All right. So I understand baseline genetics. But perhaps you might be at home and you might be like, oh my goodness, this guy's such an idiot. Slide in the DMs. Why do we remember negative experiences? You know, so much more poignantly and sharply than positive stuff. Just take one, ruins the 99. 
Why is that? My theory, again, not a neuroscientist, just knowing how evolutionary patterns and synapses are formed uh, over billions of years. Hey, negative. What's that rustle in the grass? Do I need to look? No, it's a snake. It's going to kill me. I should run. Maybe it's the same thing, but I don't know. But slide in the DMs. If you're a neuroscientist, please let me know. What is the science there? There must be science for that. Love to know. Would love to know. Love social media. At MKT Inspires. MKT at the MKT Show. By the way, if you are listening on whatever platform, take a second. Go and subscribe. You know? And if you haven't subscribed, or if you've already subscribed, then share. Be a friend. Tell a friend. You know? Here's a show. I listen to it often. Every week. I'll do a poll. I don't know how often I should do the show now. I'm thinking every day or twice a week. Monday and Friday, Monday and Thursday kind of thing, you know? Let me know. Make a comment. So if you are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, leave a comment. I think the show should be on this often. I would like to hear the show this often. And I'll check this stuff out, you know? It's what I will do. All right, what are we talking about today? I'm going to talk about why PSG has been an absolute failure of a project. And then I'll tell you why Arsenal should be careful. I saw Declan Rice for 90 million and I thought, hmm, they should relax. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why my thoughts are they should go in nowhere near that deal. Nowhere near that deal. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was speaking about it now. I don't really know how often to have the show. Like every day is a lot. I mean, I could do every day. There's lots of football content, especially the off-season for football is fantastic. It's as good as the season, really, with the way the brilliance of the Premier League and the media and how they sort of run the news cycle. It's all very deliberate, right? They, the, the Premier League has monopolized the off-season. Um, and it's deliberate. Great things like that don't happen by mistake. And I work in the media, so I know how that works. It's very, very deliberate. The Premier League... Now, at long last, like the NFL do, I think in the last two, three years in particular, I've started to realize you're a TV show. Sell the drama. Lean into it. Stop being poetic about it. Stop being so bloody romantic. Lean into the drama. And we love it. We lap it up. We love it. Um, some people may listen to the show just for the you know, analogies, but maybe you're not really into sport. I always said people rather look at football like a soap opera for men. Don't look at it like sport. It, it's transcended that now. Um, you know, the great thing about football is, I don't know if I've told the story before, but I was reminded in Spain a couple of, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, a uh, couple of months ago now, why football so great. I was wearing a Boca Juniors shirt. I had a guy cross the street, by the way. Like, hey, Madrid is busy. And I was like in nice Madrid where... It's the financial sort of hub of Madrid. I had a guy cross the street, right? Um, and come in like, oh, wow, that's incredible. I'm from Argentina. Spoke incredible English because last time I was in Argentina, um, they, they, don't, they don't like to oblo the anglais, as they say. But anyway, guy crossed the street because he saw my Boca Juniors shirt. And I've got a Boca Juniors shirt, which... Is not this muckabout one they've got now. It's the classic one from like Martin Palermo and even Maradona days where it was a clean shirt. 
without the crazy sponsorship like a NASCAR thing. But the guy crossed the street, literally, like I'm walking and I'm, I'm earphones guy, so I don't like to walk and chat to people. I'm walking through Madrid, exploring the city, you know, hey, haven't been back here in a while. Who, hey, ho, Madrid, hola, how you guys doing? Dude crosses the street, thought he was gonna try and jump me. No, he just wanted to comment on my football shirt. Never spoken to him again. Never spoke, I never saw the guy again, you know. There's very little in the world, because if I'm listening to music, right, what are we going to connect about there? Like, okay, you like, I don't know what people like, J-Lo or whatever. Like, how far is that conversation going? Like, I love music, but I'm often listening with earphones. How do I connect with someone else? A football shirt connected me to someone. And we had a long conversation, by the way. I'm talking like 10 minutes about some of the heroes and told him, oh, yeah, now I've been... I've been to a couple of uh, Super Classicos. He couldn't believe it. Where are you from? I'm from South Africa. Oh, man, I'd love to come there. Blah, blah, blah. Anywho, football, the greatest thing on the planet. Greatest thing on the planet. And the Premier League, I think, have started to realize. You, you know what's a joke? You know, it's an absolute joke that needs to be sorted. And, and I said this a couple of years ago. If you've been listening to the, to the show, I said VAR would turn out to be the worst thing football's ever had. Because my argument for VAR, right, is just have it for offside, right, and goals. And, and like the balls out for a throw-in or whatever. I think the Kevin De Bruyne one in the semi-final, the ball was out um, for, for the goal in Madrid. But anyway, whatever. For me, VAR should be just for definite decisions. Don't have it where a person still has to make a decision. Because... If you watch the FA Cup, Casemiro should have had a straight red card. Man United end up getting that foul. By the way, he's, he's trampled a kanji over the top of the ball. But okay, fine, whatever. That's not the one that bothers me. There's a Grealish handball, although... <coughs> excuse me. I watched two nights ago, maybe the most boring football match I've ever seen, but Roma Sevilla... A way more blatant handball, not given. Um, what are we doing? The thing with the handball rule, do you know what they should change it to? Just if it hits your hand, it's a handball, you know? Like, just simplicity is the highest form of sophistication. Just take the ambiguity away. It's very annoying, you know? Like, there's enough complexity, especially as football gets faster, more powerful, more aggressive. These... Phenomenal athletes add enough complexity into the texture of football for referees anyway. Now, especially hyper-athletic, especially all the cameras, especially all the debate shows. So th th there's always going to be talking points because, again, like the Casemiro Akanji one, that's going to happen naturally in football. You know, the tackle over the top. Is he in control? Is he not? Like, we're always going to have those A, B, C storylines. So we don't need to worry about drama being in football, the handball is making it, it's incredulous now. Or I'm incredulous about it. It's gotten ridiculous. You know, did the rule change from Thursday, where it wasn't a penalty, to Saturday, where it was a penalty against Grealish? Which is even more ridiculous, by the way. That was completely ridiculous. There's no way that's a penna. So... I think the problem with attacking people's families, 
don't don't like that. But I'm all for Mourinho having a go, right? Because coaches, we have a go. Players, we have a go. Why are the referees exempt from that? And we, we can't be having a go at the guy's family. Like, no, that, that, that's all, you know. I, I think that's not great. That's not great. Um, you, you know, if a footballer's wife becomes a wag and she's, she wants a piece of the action, like Colleen Rooney vibe, you know, or any of these girls who want to now be in the picture, like some, I saw a great interview with LeBron James's wife where she's not in the mix at all. And I mean, hey, if you want to build a brand and be Instagram booty chick, LeBron James's wife, could you imagine her if she got into it? I mean, LeBron is the greatest star, I would say, alongside Tiger Woods, America's scene since Michael Jordan, right? And I, I say Tiger Woods in that mix. So if she wanted to be in that mix, she could be, but she doesn't get in the mix, which is why you never ever hear anybody commenting on his wife. I'm all for the gals jumping in the mix. If you decide to be public though, right? I, I can't stand people in public who go, my mental health, hey, then don't work in public. Like it's not a space for sensitive people. I am not as, I, I hate people who choose to work in public and then whinge about it. Go work at a bank then. If you don't, like, if you don't want public critique, the whole point about being a creator and being in public and and shaping narratives and being a part of the ecosystem is that you're going to get feedback. Not everybody has to like you. I, I resent that famous people think they should be protected because they're famous. Like, I, I'm all for it. I choose to be in public, so I take the negative with the positive, you know. I cannot stand people who work in public and, like, these Instagram booty chicks and then they want to all of a sudden get sanctimonious about, oh, don't, you know, like humanize me. Like, what are you talking about? You're popping your booty on Instagram. What do you want? You know, and then the wags who just want to support their husband. You can support your husband, by the way, without being on Instagram. So if you choose to enter that domain, get in the mix, sorry, you're going to take critique. If you're a referee, right, you have chosen a public job that shapes people's weekends, lives, football clubs, history, you know. Um, so, so you must be critiqued. And, and you're extremely well paid, you, you know. To whom much is given, much is expected, I'm afraid. That's just the way the world works. So I've got no problem with Mourinho going after the refs. I have no problem with that. What I don't dig is we can't be doing death threats to people, you know. Like, I don't think that's cool, but whatever. It's a, it's a part of the fabric of society and, you know, football is a passionate space. It's going to happen. Like, like whatever, the world's not perfect. You know, I'm not going to... I hate how sensitive people are to human reality. Like, there are people out there who are going to go that far. Fine. It's a part of the tapestry of nature, you know. I don't agree with it. I don't think you should be threatening people's lives. I love banter. I like people having a go. I like aggression. You know, I come from a working class family, so I like aggression because it's in my family. Be aggressive, be passionate about what you feel. But being aggressive and being passionate um, and arguing your point doesn't mean you have to threaten someone's wife and family. Like, that's just idiotic. I'm sorry, that you're an idiot if you're doing that. But, but I accept it. I accept that there are idiots in the world. Like, I'm not going to be like a child and 
close my eyes and think the monsters are gone. If you're going to work in public, sorry, expect all of it. And if you don't want to take the critique and you don't want to put certain things at risk, sorry, get out the limelight. I'm sorry. I, I've got no time for, for famous people whinging. So I'm all for Mourinho having a full go because that was absolutely nonsense in the Europa League. That, that refing was nonsense. And I'm all for, by the way, I am all for Pep having a full go and all Man City fans having a go uh, at what happened with the Grealish handball. It is absolute tosh. And why should refs get a pass? Why? I, I do not understand why they're so protected. Like, it's your job. Everybody at the elite level has to do an elite job. And if you can't do it, get out. There's lots of people who, who take the, the sort of the furor of the public and do the job. Sorry, it's a part of it. If you want to get paid well, if you want to be in the biggest moments, you want to be in part, as a part of history, that's what being in the FA Cup is, Europa League final is. Sorry, you don't have to do the job. People are talking like these they're doing this at the blade of Nero, like Nero's feeding them to the wolves, or you have to ref a game. No, no, no. You, you, you live in a constitutional democracy of Britain, and largely Europe now. So you get to choose to do that job. Nobody's forcing Anthony Taylor to be a referee. And if it's affecting his mental health, quit. Sorry. I, like, I'm sorry. I, I don't have time for people must be pampered. The elite level is for elite people. And part of being elite is not just taking the praise when it's good. It is taking the criticism when it's bad. Having said that, two things can be true. Dickheads don't need to threaten his wife and his mom and his... Like, you don't need to threaten someone's safety. You can have a go on social media. It's Monday. We keep it moving. And the ref can be the villain. And by the way, within the narrative of football, the ref is supposed to be the villain. Everybody is supposed to hate the ref. Because when you are two tribes, the one thing you should hate is the person that's telling you you can't do the stuff you want to do, which is freaking pulverize their warriors, right? That's, that's what football is. But VAR is a joke, I'm sorry. And the refing's a joke. And, and that from Anthony Taylor was an absolute joke on Thursday. And he deserves all of the critique from Mourinho and within the football sphere of things. He, he deserves all of it. I have no time for referees being protected. But that handball, the Grealish one, hysterical. Just make VAR offsides, goals, and the ball is out. Where it's clear, it's cut and dry. Right? It's cut and dry. There is no human decision to be made. Because things look work worse in slow-mo, by the way. When you slow stuff down, human beings are going to make worse calls. You're actually going to make better calls in real life um, for, for a dynamic game. And also, one of the things that why I don't like VAR for judgment calls, part of the fact that it's a TV story is... Don't make it perfect. Don't sanitize football. Because a huge part of the TV show is you and me on Monday morning going, I can't believe Casemiro didn't get sent off. What's the ref doing? That's a huge part of football, right? Of any sport. That was a forward pass, you know? Why didn't he walk? He edged that, you know? He was offside. The defensive line in, in, the, in rugby was offside. Can't believe he dropped that. Oh, my word. You know, or he gave the ball away in midfield and they scored. Why is nobody calling? Like all of this stuff, the conversation in in as much of the game 
is as much of a, a part of things, right? So I don't want football to get sanitized and be perfect. But VAR is not helping. It is taking it backwards, by the way, because human beings are still involved and human beings are flawed, terribly flawed. Doesn't matter how good the technology is. Is the user competent? That's what it is. User fault. You'll often hear the nerds in the back say, programmers and those guys say, oh, user error. User error. So that was terrible, man. That was terrible. VAR. Terrible weekend for VAR. Terrible two years for VAR. Terrible VAR. And I think IFAB and, and FIFA are doing it wrong. Just make it the cut and dry stuff. Ball out. Goal. And that's it. And offside. There we go. All right. Take two minutes, please, to go and rate the show, wherever you are listening. You know, if you've got, if you've got two minutes, you know what I mean? Here's, here's the scenario. You're fighting with your girlfriend, fighting with your partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. But let's just say girlfriend, because I only see the world through my eyes. Fighting with your girlfriend. And now you pretend to be on a phone call, but actually you're just going to go listen to this podcast, maybe in the closet or in your office, because now you guys are fighting because you didn't pick up the flowers for her mom and her mom's coming tomorrow morning and now it's just too late. And she's giving you the big one here of, you know, my mom was right. You never listen and you never do stuff. And then there's a new wave of madness out here. Don't know if you've heard about this love language crap. I'm not into it, but whatever. Okay, everyone's saying it. <sighs> Reginald, you know my love language is acts of whatever giving flowers would be. I don't know. I read that book so long ago. What a load of tosh. But anyway, she's on your case now. Can't believe it. And then last week, you didn't buy potatoes and I asked you to. And then the week before that, you actually were late for dinner with Candice and them. And then, da 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 you get it. And now you're just like, okay, you know what? I love this woman. I've got to pretend to be somewhere else. We've all been here. Stop pretending like you're better than me. Now you're pretending to be doing emails in the office because you don't want to heighten an already tense situation. As you're lying to your girlfriend and avoiding confrontation, which is not what you should be doing, but it's probably best for the situation. You know your girlfriend better than anyone. Take two minutes, you know? Because now you're obviously listening to this podcast. Like, oh, let me go listen to MKT talk crap while I cool off. You know, because in six months, I'm going to marry this girl probably. She's great, other than the fact that her love language is nonsense. Take two minutes as you're pretending to be sending emails while listening to this pod to go and rate it. Give us five stars and leave a, leave a comment, you know? And... At MKT Inspires. Is that a real scenario you're doing right now? Because if you're in a relationship, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't pretend you're better than me. Because if you've been in a relationship, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't want to escalate these things. But in the, in the de-escalation, take two minutes. Go and rate the podcast. Wherever you listen, social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, share the podcast. And please, please leave a comment on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into the football. Um, sort of with why PSG has failed. 
Um, so just to set the date, March 2012, um, the Qataris came in. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter what you think of um, <laughs> how things went. Shout out Michel Platini, wherever he is. Set Blatter, etc. Anyway, Qatar now owns Liga e and PSG. March 2012, they became full owners. They, they had part ownership before that, but March 2012, they said, it is us. We are the emirs, if you will. Why hasn't it worked? Listen, Aristotle had a great saying. I'm going to give you the whole saying, because often people, I think a lot of people know the, the first part of the saying. Um, but as Aristotle was arguing uh, for the, the democratic state and how it, how it can work, he uttered these great words or wrote them down. You know, a lot of Aristotle stuff uh, was dictated and not written. But anyway, for a different time. Aristotle said law is order and good law is good order. But that's not the best part of the saying. You know, people often take that one because it, that's the one you want to put on the billboard. The saying goes on to say the following. So law is order and good law is good order. A great multitude cannot be orderly. To introduce order into the unlimited is the work of divine power. Now, what's he saying there? Right? Is that no, no state, right, in his mind, that goes beyond manageable numbers, beyond capable administration sizes, can have order. And once it becomes unlimited and becomes when he says unlimited in this case, he just means when it gets too big and the administration isn't good enough, it is a shambles. And really, you need to keep it to a certain size in order to be able to manage it. You know, my mother used to say to me, great families happen on purpose. They don't just happen. Parents have to put love in and be serious about it. This is where PSG thought they could cheat the system. They thought, no, human organization... That's for other people. They thought they could cheat the system. All right? Here's the reality of life. And I, I wasn't going to say this part, but, but I do believe it. Slide in the DMs, at MKT Inspires. But with our social conditioning and the way we've constructed our societies, certainly in the world I live in. I live in South Africa, um, which is a patriarchal society. But I always say a family's structure right, and outcomes will often, not always, will often sink as low as the patriarch. So if the father is strong, the family unit is likely to be strong. And by strong, I mean everything that we idealize. Disciplined kids, you know, uh, societally functional kids, etc., etc. I'm not reducing the role of the matriarch. I'm just saying because we have built uh, a patriarchal society, we still view the patriarchal um, sort of role in far, far higher esteem than the matriarchal role. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying the way families are structured, especially in Africa, I can't speak for anywhere else. I'm just going to speak for Africa, that you can actually measure the likelihood of, the, of a family's quote-unquote success by the patriarch in the family. Law is order, and good law is good order. Here's the thing about PSG. 
they thought you can just buy talent, right? But here's the reality of anything. Here's the reality of anything. Players cannot be in charge. Children cannot be in charge. That's what, because that, that's what players are. They're children. They are quite literally children. The, the owners and managers could literally be the fathers of these, of these guys. And often have been. Players cannot be in charge. Because it was beautifully said that football is the continuation of war by other means. Football is the continuation of war by other means. And in the army, what is it? All successful armies, but, but all armies, right? There's lieutenant, captain, major, colonel, general. That's the order. That's the order. I'm sorry, I went to boarding school. Order is everything. That's the order. And the most successful sort of things throughout history is armies. There is no place to get order. There is no place to whip young men and women into shape like the army. Now, forget what they do in the end. That is what that is. I'm just telling you that having been to boarding school, which was built off military, is... And I see, I can tell when somebody's been to boarding school. I can tell you very quickly. Lieutenant, captain, major, colonel, general. That's the order. We don't negotiate the order. We don't play with the rules. Uh, Al-Khalafi, right? Or Al-Khalafi. Khalafi. Um, he's an agent of chaos. He's come in there like a maverick. And the first thing he did was fire Carlo Ancelotti. Great. Now you fired your general. Right? And I haven't changed my status on, on what I said. Players are more important than the manager. Right? But that comes down the line. You don't fire Ancelotti as the first thing you do. Right? But if you're going to do that, what you cannot be doing is having vibes guys like Cavani, Marquinhos, Kabai and Kondogbia as your first signings. Laurent Blanc as the, as the coach because he's popular and local. Laurent Blanc replaced Carlo Ancelotti. What a hysterical, hysterical situation that is. Like, already that told me, you are not serious about anything. You fired Carlo Ancelotti. You had him under contract. But when I knew that it was all over, was when Neymar and Mbappe became the faces of the teams, and they let Thiago Silva go like that. Like, Marquinhos is a joke. Don't, don't even tell me him as the captain. What? Folks, like the army, right? let's look at the great dynasties of football. Just the ones you, you, you and I will remember. Man United, Fergie, AC Milan, Ancelotti, Chelsea, Jose Mourinho, Barcelona, Man City, Pep Guardiola. That part's non-negotiable. It doesn't matter how important you think a manager is or not. Your general is the first one. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. It doesn't matter how many troops you have right? If you can't organize them, it does not matter how expensive they are. It doesn't matter how much they equip and it doesn't matter what weapons you have. If you can't deploy them, who cares? If you don't know strategy, who cares? It's not about numbers. It's not about numbers. If you're into the Peloponnesian Wars, you, you understand why the Romans and were just so unstoppable. Why the Greeks were so unstoppable in that time. Why Caesar was unstoppable. 
Caesar wasn't guy of numbers. Genghis, or it's actually Genghis Khan, the great Genghis Khan, move light, but with strategy. His guys were lighter, they were carrying, uh, I, I mean, th their slickness was their weapon. It, it wasn't that there was hordes of them. That's not how the great Genghis Khan took over more of the world than anybody has, has ever before. Strategy, execution, and Chengiz Khan. But Chengiz Khan first, and then the rest. Having Neymar and Mbappe as the faces of your franchise is a joke. Those are talented people. Those are not leaders. One thing I know about talented men, you know what they need is leadership. And it can't come from outside. Chelsea had John Terry. Man United had Vidic. Yes, they had Tevez. Yes, they had Rooney. Yes, they had those guys. Man United had Keane. York and Cole, and those are nice to have. Cantona, all those guys are very nice to have. But you have Brian Robson, you have Roy Keane. That's how you win. You have Rio Ferdinand, you have Gary Neville. Chelsea have Ricky Carvalho, Claude Makelele, Frank Lampard. Boring. Mayonnaise. That's how you build. But first and foremost, they had Jose. They had Carlo Ancelotti. They had Fergie. The owners have been an absolute horror show at PSG. It's been an absolute horror show. It's been a clown show. There's no order. Because um, Al Khalifi wants to control the hires and the roster. So he wants to control everything. Let me tell you something. The reality in life is this. It's very difficult to be world class at one thing. It's very difficult to be very, very good. Forget world class. That, that is not... It's very difficult to be very, 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 very good at one thing. It's nigh on impossible to be very, 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 very good at two things. And at that level, right, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Real Madrid, these guys are employing world-class managers, world-class directors of football, world-class development guys, world-class practitioners in terms of health. You have to be world-class because it's hard enough to be world-class at just your job. By the way, it's also, he's got to now, it's actually three things because he's got to be a world-class owner. He's got to be a conduit between the Qatari money and, so now he's doing three jobs. He wants to be world-class at three jobs. The general doesn't go out to the field to fight. Can't happen. Coaches coach, players play. The greatest coach I've ever had, Russian lady at Watford said, coaches coach, players play. Al Khalifi is trying to do everything. Absolute mess. From the beginning, by the way. My father used to say, start how you intend to go on. His first thing after a year was to fire Carlo Ancelotti for Laurent Blanc. Where do you think it was going to go from there? And look, I'll make a simple analogy for you. As a guy, I've made this mistake before. Oh my goodness, she's so good looking. She'll be a great mother. She'll be a great girlfriend. Absolutely does not work that way. It absolutely, it absolutely does not work that way. Turns out, there's this thing called character. Mbappe and Neymar are not leaders. They're just talented humans. They're just the good-looking girl who you met at the braai and turns out, ugh. And I think you're setting these two young men up to fail. I think Brazil, Brazil have wasted two World Cups, by the way. I don't know what they were doing making Neymar the pinup guy. He is not the guy. You've got Casemiro, you've got Thiago Silva, you've got 
Allison, you've got Edison, you've got so many options for captain. You had Danny Alves, I mean, Marcelo, you had so many options to be the captain, like a Dunga, like a Cafu, where they grown up men. Neymar's a bloody child. You can see his behavior. He just wants to, he just wants to vibe, which is no problem, by the way. Let him vibe. But Vincent Company doesn't vibe. Nemanja Vidic isn't vibing. John Terry is not vibing. Paolo Maldini is not vibing. Cafu, we're not vibing. Javier Zanetti, we're not vibing there. We're here to win. And we're here to keep the dressing room under control. What can Neymar and Mbappe tell the dressing? Mbappe has no personality, sorry. I think France have made a huge mistake there, by the way, making him captain. But that's for another story. Brazil have wasted two World Cups, completely wasted, especially the home one. A captain's armband matters in football. I know in other sport it doesn't really. In football, it matters. There are certain things that, unless you know football, it matters in football who your captain is. It matters that it's Roy Keane. It matters that it's Ancelotti. It matters that it's Costa Curta. It matters that it's Maldini. These things matter. In football, it matters. And here's the last thing. So you might think, oh, Neymar, Mbappe, sensational talents. Here's the thing. After a while, I know people think Mbappe and Neymar are like these generational players. But the players know. The players see that level of talent all the time. They know Neymar's not the guy. They know Mbappe's not that guy. They knew when Thiago Silva walked out. They knew. There goes our culture. It's fallen apart since he's left, right? Kind of Marquinhos as captain. Tell people this all the time. I'll never forget. We were playing Michael House and we were on the line in the rain. And the captain that the teachers had chosen, or the coach had chosen, tried to tell us what we were going to do. I literally told him, you shut the F up. And there was another guy on our team who was our captain. We knew who our captain was. Not the official captain. And I said, what are we doing? We will live and die. But if we lose this game, by the way, Michael Ars Hilton, massive. If we lose this game on what you say, all of us are okay with it. I remember saying that. And, and that happened multiple times. From under 14, right up to first team, we knew who our captain was. You can't tell the players who their captain is. Unless you get the unicorn of Roy Keane. It's like, okay, that's another manager. He's rare. Patrick Vieira. That's rare. Vincent Company. That's rare. John Terry. You know, these are generational guys. You don't often get these guys. Maldini. That's rare. More often than not, people choose the popular guy, right? Popular does not mean character. And I remember saying that, and everyone lived with it all the time. Because you can't lie to the players. You can lie to the management and, and be a suck-up and be great at presentations and be a company man. Great. People know. The players know. And it affects the dressing room if the leader isn't about it. Bappe's not about it. Neymar's not about it. We know this now. We can see it now. Like Mbappe changing his mind, having signed for Real Madrid, agreed, and then he goes back on it, and then he's talking directly to the French president, and the French president is calling PSG. You don't think that affects things in the dressing room? Like, these are, these are professional, highly talented people. They're like, okay, is this guy better than us now? Because we also work. Right? We, we also do this thing. And now everyone's got a problem with Mbappe. Right? It's coming up. 
Like it's always something. It's always something with this guy. It can't always be something with your captain. Star players, I'm okay with Neymar and Mbappe being off the leash and being those guys. That's fine. Don't make him the captain. Marquinhos being the captain is an absolute joke. That's an absolute... I mean, he's another vibes guy. You go from Thiago Silva to that. Come on. You cannot lie to players. PSG tried to cheat the system. There is no order. Absolutely no order. And... It's almost gone too far now because I see they're signing Asensio. Like, how many more players? By the way, they still have Draxler. <laughs> I don't know if Asensio is better than Draxler. I think it's Asensio is uh, Draxler round two. But let me tell you this to end this off. Talented young men need strong leadership because otherwise they are just vagabonds. They are just out there doing their thing. And I'm afraid talent is readily available. Character is not. A lot of talent people, talented people on this planet. High character is nearly, in my experience, impossible to find. And high character, more often than not, will win out over talent. High character will win out over talent. There's talent everywhere. PSG is a joke. It is an absolute joke. And they're not going to win. It's over now. The problem now is they've entitled all these guys. Let me tell you the problem with young men. I don't know about women. I don't know how women work. The problem with young men is once you've paid them, you've affirmed their behavior. You've affirmed Neymar and Bappe and these guys now. And Parades and Hakimi and whoever else you've got going here. You've affirmed their behavior because you've paid them. The problem with young men is once you've paid them, it's very difficult to get them back on site. Nobody at PSG has had to earn it. They haven't done anything. They have not done anything. That's why it hasn't worked. Law is order. And good law is good order. So said Aristotle. Slide in the DMs. Add MKT Inspires. Your thoughts. Name up. Bappe. Marquinhos. That is the new triumvirate. It is the new triumvirate. Galtier. <laughs> if you're wondering who that is, that's the coach currently at PSG. Unbelievable situation. Don't try and cheat the system. Don't try and cheat the system. Get high character guys and then add talent after that. Then add talent. Good law is good order. Aristotle, what a guy. All right. Go and rate the show, man. If you've got two minutes, like, hey, if you're eating your terrible sandwich that you've got at the canteen downstairs at work, because I've seen what these corporates are doing now. They're putting canteens at their offices, but they, they never have, like, why don't, there's a particular private bank in Santon that is their offices there. Um, they have a terrible canteen. There's one big bank near where I live as well. Terrible canteen. Why wouldn't you want your high-level people eating good food? And I don't mean like, oh, it's decent food. Why don't they just... <laughs> well, I don't feel anything saying this. I had a five-star chef in school. We had a five-star chef in school. We have like Michelin food at boarding school. And that was 2000. Why wouldn't you feed your people good food? But anyway, if you're having 
the old roll downstairs and you've paid like a hundred bucks for a sandwich and I don't know, sides. Overpaid, obviously, because they don't subsidize your food. I, I don't know if this is true or not, by the way. I don't work in that kind of building. But they never have like four-star creme de la creme food. It's always just like franchise crap, right? And I'm big on food, by the way. Maybe for another podcast. But if you're down there having your crap sandwich, you're like, ah, oh, let me squeeze in, squeeze in 15 minutes of the MKT show. Listen, you've got a smartphone. Just pop onto Spotify. Pop onto Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Rate the show. Leave a comment. Maybe you hate the show. And I don't mind whether you listen to the... Because if you listen to the show just to complain, just to be like, oh, cool. No worries. Welcome to the party. But while you're here, go and complain on Spotify. I hate this show. This is terrible. Or, alternatively, I like the show. It's funny. I like this show. He's, I don't know. Is this guy a white guy? I'm not. I'm, I'm a black guy. Oh my gosh, how come he speaks like that? <laughs> Somebody. So I produce a show currently at Supersport. And this girl's like, oh, you went to so-and-so school. I didn't bring it up. Someone else brought it up. Anyway, it's like, oh, that's why you speak like that. And I said, speak like what? And then she, she was a little taken aback because she didn't really have an answer for that. I was just taking the mickey. I knew what she meant. She meant I sound like a what? That's what she meant. She, she meant I sound like a what? I sound like a brew. But my name's Mbulelo Kayaletu Tinta, which you could not get a more black rural name if you tried for a hundred years. By the way, you, you'll very rarely meet Mbulelo Kayaletu Tinta. You're very, I mean, there's very few Tintas with an H, by the way. You are not going to meet somebody with that name. It is rural. Like I always tell people, my father is rural. He came rural, academia, and then the working world. He never lived in like Soweto to give me like a cool name. Like, I don't know, like Smongile or Tamba. You know, Mbulelo is a proper old school one. So if you're wondering, not a what? So you can even ask that. Is a scar a what? I'm not a what. Nothing wrong with being what. I'm just telling you, I'm not what, bro. Mate, my name's Umbelelo. <laughs> Rate the show. <laughs> MKT inspires. Slide in the DMs. Your thoughts on PSG. All right, let's finish off on the Arsenal. The Arsenal. You know what I'm big on, hey? Is don't get ahead of yourself in life. Because I'm all for sort of calculated especially in my latter years, sort of calculating your progression. Um, I think the best analogy here is don't get chandeliers before the plumbing works. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? Because Arsenal, I'm reading, are, have bid £90 million for Declan Rice. They cannot. That would be catastrophic for what they're building. It would be a horrendous, horrendous decision. Because I've always told you this, right? A nine should not date a six. Because relationships are complicated enough already. Right? A nine dating a six. Here's the problem. See that number there, that difference. The differential between nine and six. That's the amount of tension you're adding right, into something already complicated. Relationships come with natural tension. You don't need to seek tension. Relationships by the complexity of human beings, families, friends, whatever, bring a complexity 
where you should not be dating. I have, I have a rule. Don't date out of your economic class and don't date out of your looks class. And I know people are like, oh my God, you're crazy. What are you talking about? What if he is very confident? It'll come back to bite him or her at some stage. There are unique people who are high character and will eventually push through that differential. But let me tell you something. If she's good looking, fellas, she comes with expectations. And if you're not, she's got options. I'm just telling you how it works. I've been in this. I've been alive on this planet. I've been with tens and I've been with people in my category, <laughs> which is not 10. I want to be completely honest. But, but I genuinely believe that. Declan Rice is ready to take off, right? No matter what you think of his ability, but he is a megastar. He's British and he's going to be the next England captain. Simple as. Right? He is the next England captain. Whether you like it or not, no matter what you think of him, he's already billed as Bobby Moore. He is, they love him. He's disciplined. He's, he's a great story. He's a lad's lad as well. Eddie Declan was down in there. Chelsea and that West London blood things and he's also things and he he Declan and he they love him so he's the next English megastar Harry Kane one more ankle injury Declan Rice England captain plug and play so he's a nine he's like he's about to become a megastar cover of FIFA we're talking about just a guy who's going to be the biggest revenue maker probably in football outside of uh Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe in the next generation. Forget about his ability. I'm just telling you what commercially, what he represents. And he's a good player. I don't think he's great, but he's a good player. And why I think he shouldn't go to Arsenal is that Arsenal are a six right now. Let's not get, let's not make the anomaly the rule. They've had one good season in like 15 years. Relax. This is not what they are. They're not making top six next season. Arsenal cannot pay... 90 million for Declan Rice because it messes with the balance of the of the change room. But that's not even my biggest problem. They don't need to improve there right now. What they need to do is get a right back, a left back, two central midfielders, two. They need two proper ones, by the way. A striker. And I know he's a very good shot stopper, but I'd still be looking to upgrade a goalkeeper. And, and I know people say, hey, don't you watch Arsenal? Listen. I really, really like their keeper. He's a brilliant shot stopper. But he's too short. I don't like short keepers. If you can get yourself a tall, Allison-style keeper, I don't know if there's any out there. Right? Maybe you go to Brighton and you go, hey, what are you guys up to here? You know? How much how much are you looking for for this guy? Yeah, the Brighton keeper is the guy to get. Ball playing, over 190. I love a tall keeper. Right back, left back, two central midfielders. Arsenal need two proper, and I mean proper, they're in the Champions League now. They need proper midfielders. Like they should be in the Caicedo mix. They should be they should be in line with like Tonali. I mean, Italians don't leave, but I'm saying this is where you should be pushing. But you need the right profile. Sort of Tonali, that, that, that's the right profile. Hungry and looking to upgrade their own profile, right? Declan Rice is, he's bigger than Arsenal. I'm sorry, I know Arsenal fans in their minds are a big club. But you're the fourth club in England at best. And even then, I would say it's closer between Arsenal and Tottenham now than it's ever been. So you're four and a half, and I'd say Tottenham's four and a half. Rice is too big for that. Because Arsenal aren't going to be in the Champions League next season. right? 
But here's the other thing that it puts pressure on a guy who's still learning. Mikel Arteta is not bloody Carlo Ancelotti. He's still learning how to be a top-tier manager. He's never he's won the FA Cup. Like lots of people have won the FA Cup. But he's not like the creme de la creme. He's still learning. The problem is, if you buy Declan Rice, you have to win now because then it puts pressure on Edu, right? Stan Kroenke is not messing around. Stan Kroenke is a winner. The Denver Nuggets are in the NBA championships. Uh, you know, he just won the Super Bowl two years ago. I was at that. No big deal. Right? So this guy expects to win. When he shells out 90 million pounds for a, a superstar, whether you think he's a superstar or not, he is in terms of profile. That accelerates Mikel Arteta's clock in terms of time he gets, by the way. Billionaires are not just spending money for fun. They want to win. I, I give you 90 million? You'd better go and win. Arsenal are not a Champions League team. And Declan Rice will be unhappy by next season. And then you've got a 90 million problem. Because you have to let him go. Remember, when you pay 90 million for someone, you're going to have to pay hysterical wages. Especially with the change of law now. Because... Everybody hates Chelsea for always knowing uh, and being ahead of the rules. They are changing. You can't uh, amortize the money for over for more than five years, I believe, on the contract. So you're not going to be able to do what Chelsea did moving forward with Declan Rice. He's too big for Arsenal. And nine shouldn't date a six. Arsenal are the six in this case. They're not ready for that level of superstar. They are not a Champions League team yet. Rice can only go to Chelsea, Man City, Man United. That's it. Those are the only three clubs where he's just another guy. They've had SCN. They've had Makelele. They've had Lampard. They've had Roy Keane. Right? It's just, he's just another guy. And he's expected to fit into our culture. He goes to Arsenal. He puts some pressure on the club. And I'm not sure Arsenal in a place to feel that pressure right now because they're still rebuilding. It's been since 2004. Do you know how long that is? That they've won a title. And this was an anomaly. Stop telling me that Arsenal are the second best team in England. It's not, they are not. Here's the other problem that Declan Rice is going to learn quite quickly and he'll resent immediately. Arsenal have zero world-class players. And you know how I know that? And people say Bukayo Saka. I say Bukayo Saka hasn't been tested week in, week out, Premier League, Champions League. Champions League is the test. And one year doesn't make you world class. I'm going to have to see Saka carry them two, three years in the Champions League and the Premier League and be in competition. That's what the world class players do. I know Kevin De Bruyne is world class. I knew right, that Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, two, three years ago. Champions League, in the league, top four, no problem. We'll win it as well. By the way, they won the Champions League. As youngsters, I don't want to hear the Bukayo Saka excuses. Mason Mount, when he put that through ball for Kai Havertz, was 21 years old. So don't give me the, the youth thing. I watched it with Pep Guardiola's Man City humming. I saw two world-class players in Kai Havertz deliver, come at the hour, come at the man. And Chelsea, by the way, in that cycle, made six finals in two years. So I don't want to hear the excuse about Bukayo Saka. Don't give me age. I saw Mason Mount and Kai Havertz deliver Chelsea to the promised land in the Champions League. I don't, I don't want to hear it. Can Bukayo Saka do that next season? Consistently. Because I saw Mount and Havertz do it again, right to the final. Don't, sorry. I don't want to hear it. 
So don't tell me he's world class until I've seen him, right, in the Champions League consistently. What he is is very, very good. But the honeymoon's over now. Now we've paid you. Now can you deliver? deliver. Remember, when people pay you, they're not paying you for what you've done, right? Bukaya Saka now has to play up to this contract. You're not in that small boy, mid boy, little teenage contract anymore. Now now we're paying you, right? Like Kevin De Bruyne. And again, do not think Stan Kroenke is not putting pressure on Edu. And this is when we're going to see what Bukayo Saka is, right? Now the pressure's on, because we've paid you. And corporates, when they pay you, by the way, the expectation is at least as high as the money. No lower. Rice is a big-time guy. It would be a big mistake. Arsenal still building. And when Rice breaks that wage structure, because he'll immediately expect to be the highest-paid player at the club. By the way, Bukayo Saka is looking at that funny. Martin Odegaard starts to go, hey, you know, Saliba already is making noises. Martinelli starts to go, hey, I'm over here. Whereas if you let the side, just let it, just let it stew another two, three years. Can they get in the top four next season? Probably not. But if they do, now we're starting to cook. Now we've got some chemistry. Now we've got maybe a Caicedo and a Tonali or someone for the midfield. I understand Jack is going to Leverkusen. You have bigger problems than getting Declan Rice. You have far bigger problems. You need a right back. You need a left back. Proper ones. Tierney can't stay fit. And Zinchenko's not a left back. He's a utility player. Sort of, he's like David Alaba. A poor man's David Alaba. Can play left back. Can play left mid. Can play central midfield. Superb technical player. But not that guy. But a really, really nice squad player. Arsenal still building. Nines should not date a six. Declan Rice. Man City. Chelsea, Man United are the only three clubs where you should be going because the environment can handle it. Arsenal mustn't get excited. Don't get excited. You're still building. Relax. Because when you bring Declan Rice in house, by the way, what do you think his expectations are? Because we don't know where Bukayo Saka's development is. Like He's never won anything. Don't give me the FA Cup. Like That's nice, but... Leicester won the, the league a couple of years ago. Won the FA Cup. Like, it's not like we're talking about Ian Robin here, you know? We're not talking about Kevin De Bruyne or David Silva, where they're just habitual winners. When Declan Rice arrives, that turns the temperature up to 10. And then Martinelli, right, when Declan Rice passes to you, you can't miss the opportunity. Gabriel Jesus, you can't miss the opportunity because Declan Rice is putting pressure on you. He's going, I didn't come here for that. I came here to win. And that level of profile puts unnecessary pressure on these young guys at Arsenal that are still developing. And I think Mikel Arteta has a long runway. There's no need to rush it. I don't understand why you would get Declan Rice. It doesn't help you at all. It hurts you and hinders you far more than it'll help for so many reasons. For so many reasons. Because the most important one is Arsenal are not a Champions League club. You've got a white elephant of £90 million next season. Declan Rice going, what the hell am I doing here? And he looks around and he goes, hmm, Martinelli, hmm, Saka, hmm, Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko, Saliba, 
Gabriel untested. Whereas you go to Chelsea, this year was an anomaly. They'll be back in the top four next year. They've got a proper manager now. And you can see what's cooking there. There's plenty of certainly precocious talents. And you know what I like? I like people who win. And I've seen Kai Havertz win the Champions League. So I can say I know that at the world-class level, he can deliver. Because I saw him do it over two seasons for Chelsea under Lampard. I saw him win the Champions League. I saw that. You know, and he was a crucial part in that, by the way, ultimately scoring the goal in the final. That's what I like. I like guys that have been there and shown that, yeah, Saka has not done that. Saka has not done that. And Arsenal as an institution have not done that for a very, very, very long time. Man United, they've just won another cup. Uh, Man, Man City are Man City and Chelsea are the most successful club in England over the last two decades. So those are institutions that are ready to absorb somebody who wants to come and win. Arsenal did not have a winning culture. They do not. They had a very good season. That doesn't make you a winning culture. Disaster if Rice goes there for both, by the way, not just for Declan Rice, but for Arsenal as well because of the pressure it'll put on Mikel Arteta. Alrighty. Well, I hope you have the best week you've ever had before as a human being on this planet um yeah i made a decision this week i'm gonna do the 100 miler in cape town at the end of the year so i'm gonna need to start training um if you are a runner i hope you're having a good one if you're running comrades this week uh this coming weekend have a great one it is the ultimate human race i have worked at the comrades people always ask me have you done comrades i have no interest i'm not a road runner but it is an incredible thing. It's a, it's a phenomenal institution. It brings people from around the world. It is sort of a, a beacon um, for South Africa as, a, as an event. It's still one of the greatest events on the planet. It is an incredible test of the human, human spirit. You know, uh, the Comrades is special. It brings people around the world together. So if you're running the Comrades, congratulations. You've done the hardest part. You've done the training. I always say that. It's a cliche, but it, that truly is the hardest part. Getting to the start line of a race is the hardest part. And I like cliches because more often than not, they're true. So you've put in the hard work. What I say to people about running is enjoy it now. Like get out there, stick to the plan, stick to the nutrition plan, and just enjoy it. Like running is just a, such an enjoyable thing, right? Especially when you've put in the work, you deserve it. You deserve your bull row and you deserve uh, whatever medal you get. Ten, doesn't matter. Just finish. Doesn't matter where you are. Wherever you are in your your sort of groove as a runner, I hope you have the time of your life because the Comrades is special. It is a globally historical event, by the way. So if you're going to run the Comrades, have an amazing time. And if you do listen to this before this or afterwards, I'm extremely proud of you for for taking this on because the comrades is not for suckers it is not for suckers if you're a punk if you if you're a if you're a softy you're not you're not finishing comrades i'm afraid comrades is for real people with real ambition and real drive and you got to listen you're gonna have to fuss bait you're gonna have to be proper to finish comrades so if you listen to this and you're on your way to comrades you're a bloody champion you're a bloody legend of the game as they say in south africa if you are from uh, yonder, uh, from other shores, and you've come to visit us and you do get to listen to this, have a fantastic, fantastic time in our great country, the Republic of South Africa, as everywhere has its problems, but hell of a place. Hell of a place. Comrades Marathon, hell of a thing. 
if you if you ran George Mutt 100 miler uh, last week, congratulations. Hope your mind's back. Hope you're feeling well. Uh, if you're training for something else, I'll see you at UTCT 100 miler. I've decided I'm all in. Um, I'm going to start training like an animal. Um, I've just been maintaining, but um, oh, oh yes, sorry, I did get a DM. I'll start putting more stuff on Strava again. I will, I promise. I am training relatively hard anyway, just to stay in shape. But now I'm going to crank it up and I'll I'll now share everything on Strava. Short and long runs. Uh, somebody said, hey, I miss it. It was an inspiration for me. Shout out. Thank you uh, for that. And on that note, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. For now, I am the hell. I